0: you'll love to see it Bites movie review podcast styled after a delightful neighborhood video store. Every week, our friendly staff watches a movie and decides if we will always love it, and therefore believe it deserves a spot in our prestigious staff pick shelf, if it almost had it all, but not quite, and thus gets to hang out with the totally fine picks of our middle aisle, or if the movie in question has nothing for us and ought to be sent where the broken hearts go. Straight to the dumpster Out back <laughs> Working the counter today We have yours truly Fernanda Stay with me Frank Brachis And my fellow Queen of the night Danielle Again a peach Riondo Hi Danielle Hi how are you? I'm very excited About today's Discussion I dropped a few hints But they were very subtle So <laughs> <laughs> Super, super low key. So, I don't know if our listeners have picked up on it. They figured but first, it out. Yeah. I'm sure they have. They're very smart people. But first, let's introduce this theme's month. Because it's December and obviously we have a new theme. And we are kicking off a new holiday tradition with our trademarked Happy Pop Holiday Divas Month. And while we're sure you can figure out what that entails, being that you are a listener and therefore a person of superior intellect and distinguished taste, we'll explain it anyway. Throughout December, we will pick movies featuring musical divas who also took their talents to the big screen. Get it? Holidays, Hollywood divas, <laughs> Hollywood divas. I know, I know. We're also in awe of our own genius sometimes. Whether the divas in question started off with acting or just got into later on, whether they're good at it, whether they're not, none of it matters as long as we believe they possess the true Hollywood spirit. And we figured. What better way to start preparing for the feelings of inadequacy that will inevitably take over during this month's family gatherings, than to be utterly humbled by the outrageous talents of the late Whitney Houston. Which is why we're kicking off the festivities with a true classic, The Bodyguard. Bill said he used to be with a secret service. I was two years with Carter before with Reagan. Reagan got shot. Not on my ship. Hi. You don't look like a bodyguard. This is my disguise. Mm -hmm. Well, his timing's good. Someone was in my house. Wait a minute, someone was in my house?
1: Everybody's afraid of something. That's how we know we care about things. I'm afraid we'll lose
0: it. How about you, Frank Farmer, out there on the edge? Rachel, I don't want to get confused about what I'm doing here. I want to confused.
1: You pay me to protect you, that's
0: what I do. Then what is it? I'm afraid of not being there. Again, we know we're dealing with people of are very refined taste here. And as such, we know that you know what the bodyguard is about. But in case you need a refresher... The Bodyguard is a 1992 movie starring Kevin Costner as Frank Farmer, a very good bodyguard, who we know is very good because he used to guard presidents, but mostly because he can throw knives to a wooden plank. After reluctantly agreeing to protect megastar Rachel Maron, played by literal goddess Whitney Houston, from what seems to be a crazed stalker with a really bad wig, Frank finds himself in quite a pickle when he realizes that he just made the ultimate oopsie, falling in love. Frank is kind of a dick about it, and Rachel is kind of a brat about it, but Rachel still needs protecting, and protector Frank will. They bicker, she sings, a boat explodes, she sings some more, shots are fired, and we discover that not everything is quite as it seems in this thrilling tale of love, lust, loss, luxury, and LeMay. I think that that pretty much sums it all up. Um, it does <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to spoil it <laughs> because we're still early in our show, and as you know, this is the the part in which we are we introduce ourselves as in regards to the movie. We talk a little bit about our history with the cinematic masterpiece in question, and so far, no spoilers for this part is just basically uh, setting the scene. So we'll start with that, Danielle. I'll start with you. What is your what is your background? What is your history with the bodyguard?
1: It's a it's a long and storied history, uh, oh, but I will make it brief. I remember I remember it coming out. I remember being okay. like an eight year old in 1992 and being very excited about it because like my mm-hmm. cousin who babysat me was going to see it on a date, and that was very exciting. And it was like. <laughs> Oh my god, she's going on a date. I want to watch this movie. However, my parents told me I need to be 15 years of age before <laughs> I can watch this movie. Now I always remembered that. Why? Because I'm 37 and I still remember this happening. But I didn't watch it at 15. I watched it at some point later on in high school at a girls' track team sleepover party <laughs> okay. in high
0: school. <laughs> That's a nice setting for it, though, I feel. Yeah, it like actually just was pretty good. Over there.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. And, like, at that point, we're talking, like, late 90s, early 2000s. So, like, it wasn't like it was the hot new movie anymore. Um, But it was still like, oh, let's watch a movie. This is a good one. Uh, As we ate pizza and we're like, talked about running, you know, as track team (laughs) girls do.
0: Okay. Uh, And I I loved it.
1: Right. Well, you know, it's a good time. It's a good time uh, (laughs) for us all, you know. But, yeah, it, it, uh. I remembered liking it as a high school kid and being like, oh, I remember I had to wait till I was 15 and I was 17 or whatever. So, you know, I was doing great. And then I hadn't seen it since then. So this is yet another movie I haven't seen in 20 years. This is Mm -hmm. like three in a row, I think. (laughs) Like, it's like the core Wild Wild West and then this, like, just didn't see them for whatever reason for, you know, like two decades. And then now uh, watching them again in this context. Uh, So, yeah, it was it was a bit of a journey. I will always remember just like I will always love you. Uh, I will always remember my journey with the bodyguard.
0: That's beautiful. I wonder why they made you wait, though, because no spoilers, but it's like there's not even a sex scene in the movie. It's like pretty tame.
1: Yeah, it's there's like a lot of like adult themes. Like, I think I think the movie actually is much better written than I remember it being. And like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's like there's actually some weight and, you know, consideration given to some fairly like difficult themes for sure. But it's not like you see a whole lot of action in certain ways. I suppose there's guns... Yeah, but like, I'm what, not, I'm trying not to spoil it. I guess, I guess there's people yeah. being shot. I guess that was it, maybe. What 90s
0: know. movie does not have guns? Like, yeah, right? <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> it's true <laughs> throughout every genre. That's my, my, it's
1: true. There is a it gun very... in every scene,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very, like, I think, tame for in every kind of aspect. Um, and but we'll get, we'll get into it. Like, my, My whole thing, and I talked about this in a previous episode, but for kids my age growing up in Brazil, I feel like we have a very specific way of seeing these blockbusters movies because there was this massive, there is, this massive network channel in Brazil called Globo. And, you know, I didn't have cable as a kid, and it's really big. Like, it's by far the biggest channel. And they used to play movies um, in this like special segment it's sort of like prime time And it was called Telecache uh-huh. And then they had the afternoon movies That were Sessão da Tarde And I, I don't know if it applies To like everyone my age From Brazil But like, I feel like I've kind of learned To start seeing movies as like This is a Sessão da Tarde movie Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> yeah. And this is a Telecache <laughs> movie And The Bodyguard to me Is the ultimate Telecache movie yeah, because like it was on later at night, so it's like like you it, the kids weren't necessarily watching it though. I do feel as we'll get into it, kind of had I. I feel like it's I don't know. I feel like it's a well-rounded enough movie that can really appeal to different types of people. But to me, it always had that feel, and I just remember it being on a lot, and I remember the commercials and. I was a kid. I didn't really understand the movie, but I remember like the Oscar scenes, the outfits, the singing, like it just felt very grandiose to me. And then many, many years later, um, I watched a couple of Whitney documentaries. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually rewatching one right now. One is just called Whitney. And the other one is Nikki. Why can uh, Whitney? Why can I be me? That's by Nick Broomfield. And then I I felt compelled to rewatch the bodyguard at an airplane. <laughs> Actually. Because it is it adds up that the bodyguard is played on airplanes.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. It's a good airplane <laughs> movie, I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's how I got uh reintroduced to it sort of recently. And I felt the same way as you did, Danielle. Like kind of like, I kind of remember it being this like not bad. <laughs> it's a, right. It's a grippy movie. Like it's is it a masterpiece? We'll get to it. We'll figure we'll decide this <laughs> later on uh in our shelf speak, but I just remember like it uh feeling like my memory hadn't treated uh maybe hadn't given the movie its due credit and then obviously rewatched it so we could do today's episode. And I'm really excited to get into to get into the nitty-gritty of it all. Um so now A brief warning before we get so emotional... Uh, see what I did there again I'm on fire and dig into the (laughs) stuff that is not right but also the stuff that is okay I promise I'll stop after this one we're about to go over some of the, (laughs) the specific aspects of the plot and the characters and other things that will involve major spoilers so those of you heathens who have so far failed to watch the bodyguard beware as we commit one of the Cardinal bodyguard bodyguard scenes and let our guards down for the stripping it down section. I, I think we can't really escape the main... This is a, a, a Holly Diva special, right? Yeah. That's what we're yeah. focusing on. So I feel like we can't escape this major uh, topic. And I guess the main, probably the main thing we'll be discussing here today in regard to the movie, which is Whitney herself. Um, I don't know. I And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on, on, on her, particularly yeah. in this movie. Because I was reading up and... I don't I think what I, the feeling I got at the time is that her performance was kind of met with mixed reviews. Um hmm. I don't know because I was really young when it came out, but like I personally think she brought like a very interesting quality to the character. I feel like she it kind of it kind of how it's kind of how I felt watching Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born even though it's hmm. very different things. Yeah. yeah. These are fresh people right they're not trained actresses or whatever um and and i just felt that there's sort of like that freshness that sort of charm really added to the roles in a way that i think maybe having a really experienced actress could have actually worked against it in a way i don't know i just kind of feel like she was really a perfect match and um i wanted to hear your thoughts on it
1: yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um I think she's fantastic in this. So, the mixed reviews portion of it, I'm kind of like, fuck. <laughs> like, who, would, who would say such a thing? She's honestly great in this role. And yeah, I also agree. Like Being a little too polished or a little too perfect here wouldn't work because this is about the, really essentially the inner life of a superstar. And like yeah. the things you don't see. It's supposed to be <laughs> about a person who is like, you know, the performance, if you want to say, is a tiny bit unpolished or a tiny bit raw. And I think it is a little bit. And I like that about it. It's because that's supposed to be this person at her most vulnerable. Like this is a superstar who can't let her guard down, who can't completely get comfortable ever. And maybe she tries to, and maybe she, she fails at it, but it's, it's a really, really good, performance and yes she's kind of playing herself to an extent not in the particulars right but in Mm -hmm. the idea of being a superstar singer and actress like there's that meta quality to this that is kind of inescapable for sure but she fucking nailed it i wanted to watch every second of her in this movie i'm also like a genuine fan like i love whitney houston i think Mm -hmm. she had an incredible voice she was an incredible talent i legitimately get very sad Whenever, like, I hear her songs or watch a movie or see anything about her, because I think she was, like, an exceptional, exceptional talent. Like, what a fucking talent. Um, and it's sad that she's not in the world anymore. You know, I get this way. I, I really do actually get this way about oh, multiple too. incredible people. And I know they're superstars. And I know blah, 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 that, you know, of course tabloid shit and celebrity shit, et cetera, et cetera. It's tiring. It's tiring to even like think about to an extent about how much of that is in their life and how much do you know about the person. but regardless, like an incredible talent and showing it off here, she's so charismatic. She's so unbelievably charismatic as Rachel. like it's hard not to fall in love with Rachel, even though she's obviously not perfect, even though she, you know, she says a line about, like, how she has a reputation, you know, and things like that. She's just so goddamn charming, even when she's being an absolute brat. Like, a yeah. selfish brat. You're just like, <laughs> oh, but she's so cute. <laughs> like, when she's but being bratty, so big, it's like, right? oh, but she's so cute. You know, it's it's honestly, like, a, just such a magnetic, charismatic performance. And I think it actually goes really well with Kevin Costner's, like, <laughs> I don't want to call it wooden. He's just supposed oh. to be a very stoic guy. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't think it's a bad performance. Like, it's it's a note that I want to talk about later for sure. But, yeah. like, I think it's right for the role. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't think he's, like, a wooden actor being boring. I think it's a stoic man who is stoic. And, like, that's okay. And that fits his personality and his, you know, worldview here. So, like, I don't think it's, like, oh, there's an acting problem. I think it's, like, oh, the most charismatic human ever to walk the earth is also sharing the screen with this like ice block of a man and that's the point and that's the point that is actually the point so i think it works well and i think she is absolutely wonderful in the movie
0: yeah he's i it's funny because i had wooden in my head too even though i agree <laughs> yeah. with you that's not necessarily fair it's icy but like in a way that that's the character, right? Because he's supposed to be the one who's in control, the one who's unfazed, the one who has the method and who's no nonsense, right? And Rachel is the star. She's volatile. Um, she is extremely annoying as a character. And that's how I feel that Whitney, right? Like, she's just sometimes just kind of like, ah, oh, God, there she goes again. Just she, throwing she's throwing another ready. tantrum. That's the she's idea. Very she's very ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have somebody as charismatic and as magnetic as Whitney. And and I think that her sort of inexperience lends, you know, that air of, it makes it less like, it makes it more endearing in a way, or yeah. makes it more human, right? Like I, I feel like it, le- it makes it makes the character more forgivable because it makes the character more human. And I don't know if like a super well trained actress, well, probably could, because super well trained actress can do whatever whatever the fuck they want. But like, I still, I have a tough time imagining somebody else kind of of doing that. Like it's the character really meshes with her very well. And it's crazy to think that it was her first break because it was, and and Kevin Costner was actually the one uh, from what I was reading, Mm. really pushed for it to be her. Cause apparently at the time, and that's what he heard. She wasn't really at the peak of her popularity uh mm-hmm. which yeah. hadn't come yet because we found out because after the bodyguard like the bodyguard soundtrack i believe it's still the best-selling uh soundtrack of all time and i believe that i had it, it, <laughs> it, it me too my mom had it at home <laughs> and and she didn't even like Whitney singing my mom is a weird one she doesn't <sighs> she not doesn't like the divas uh oh. in general uh, but she did like Kevin Costner so that's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very mom uh mom appealing mom pick uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> friend to I the think. moms Kevin Costner <laughs> Well yeah and I'm with you I really really love Whitney um and it it makes me sad obviously that she met such a tragic end uh, she was only 48 I believe when she died in very tragic circumstances, but also the way that we as a culture treated her. Yeah. Right. And we are having, I think that reckoning with a lot of people and a lot of aspects of our culture, but even in the Whitney documentary that, as I mentioned, I was just watching, there's this uh, scene where they put clips of like Saturday night live and a family guy and like other, like a bunch of, sta as instances in which she was like mocked in pop yeah. culture in which her, uh, very obvious drug problems were being treated as this anecdote. And I'm sure like you remember it. Cause I was a kid and I remember like that just being a constant joke, like her, yep. her presence, her public presence being a joke, her marriage to Bobby Brown being a joke. Yeah. And ah, it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's painful to imagine being being in that position right and in the movie obviously it's very different the threats are different the characters are different um you know the arc is entirely different but i i always like i look at these things and i look at these women's lives and i'm always like who the fuck would ever want to be famous
1: for real for real Horrible like it's, it's it's so awful. And you you know that like I mean, all right, look, I just came from family Thanksgiving, so I've had many conversations that are just like throw a roll at someone, you know, or like, <laughs> like you know, you know yeah. that like, oh my god, you can't it's it I almost like hear someone saying, Yes, you a lot of money though. Like that whole like whatever, it's fine to make fun of celebrities, they've got mm-hmm. a lot of money, and it's just like, you know. Maybe let's not. Maybe let's just be better than that. Maybe let's not make somebody the fucking butt of our joke because there's legit no need to do that. Also, listen, I'm not riding a high horse. I like a lot of, like, crappy things in my life. I just really don't like things that punch down. Like, I just genuinely don't. And I think if you are making fun of a person for addiction, that sucks. Like, I'm just going to say, blanket statement, actually, that sucks. Maybe shut up. Like, whatever. I'm just not, I'm not here for that. Like, addiction sucks and it's sad. There, there you go. There's my statement. Controversial opinion, I know. (laughs) But I'm putting it out there that it's, like, not actually funny. It's not, like, a great joke.
0: I know. Going out on a limb with that I'm really going out on a limb. (laughs) But it's it's yeah, ahead, really crazy because i was a kid and i thought like the jokes were funny and then i grew up and i'm like grown-ups were making those jokes right
1: what like, the have fuck some guys fucking class i'm sorry but like really that's who you're gonna make fun of this woman for like maybe go fuck yourself
0: i don't know <laughs> maybe like literally do anything else that isn't yeah. this bad joke uh, yeah. we are reexamining things of our of our past as a <laughs> culture and a society, uh, for sure. But ah, uh, it, it just it, it's really heartbreaking to think, as like Whitney was a very manufactured quote unquote, not manufactured, but let's her mom apparently really was kind of like pageant mom in a yeah. different way that she really raised and 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 made sure to create Whitney as this product that she knew was gonna be. Uh, accepted by everyone. And of mm-hmm. course we have to, to race plays into this too, yep. of course, because she's this yeah. black um, artist who wants to cross over, who wants to, you know, uh, do pop music and who wants, and, and who really succeeded in that too, in being accepted in sort of all genres and by all audiences, even though that led her to being like booed in a soul train award. Um, because she was accused of like not being sort of black enough, mm-hmm. and you can imagine what that does to a person. God. Like you're you're being put into this first of all, like this explosion of popularity, right? Because imagine you're living your life one day, and then like one year later, everybody knows who you are. I can't imagine this.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely right? wild. Like wild, wild, wild to even,
0: and you're being. Put out there is this like squeaky clean sort of character, which was kind of the image that she sort of had to fulfill at that time in order to be accepted. And, you know, of course, this outrageous talent, but there was an image that really went with it. And then like having to live your whole life. And, you know, we could do a whole podcast on Whitney alone. Um, Oh, yeah. The Those two documentaries I mentioned kind of touch on a lot of different things in regards to sort of the Whitney, Whitney's uh, sexuality, which was a big topic because of her uh, partner uh, in business, Robin, that a lot of people uh, believe that they had. They were romantically involved. Uh, but beyond that, so many things like can you have to live according to this public image? And we've seen it with so many different. Performers and performance and particularly women that it's kind of like, I can even imagine living your life, um, sort of, I don't know, having to live up to, to, to an image and not being able to just exist.
1: Yeah. And, and very much like, I think the movie actually does a good job. Like, again, I was actually kind of shocked that the movie does a good job in looking at like how consumable, women are in this industry like this movie doesn't like hollywood this movie thinks hollywood sucks actually she's good (laughs) which is great like i'm on board i'm in there i'm in there with it um like there's many little things like the shitty sigh the publicist being like oh she doesn't sing If she doesn't do these gigs she's dead like she's dead Mm -hmm. like just the way he fucking puts it and the way he's like oh you know handled properly this would be great publicity like her being you know targeted in the movie by both a hitman and also uh, a like a person who's obsessed with her and has mm-hmm. like, you know, masturbates on the bed. Sorry, content warning. But like a person who has like an unhealthy sexual obsession and also a hitman, which we yeah. find out, uh, you know, we find her, out who hired him yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Like that is actually one of the few things I remember that the sister was behind it. But I actually forgot that there were two. There were two bad men.
0: But after you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) But after you know, the sister was shady from the (laughs) get-go. Right? (laughs) When you watch it knowing. (laughs) Poor poor Nikki. Like, I feel
1: bad for Nikki. Like, I really actually feel bad for Nikki. Because imagine that's your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think you should hire someone to kill your sister. First and foremost. Again, <laughs> don't don't take my words lightly. Like, please don't think I think people should kill their sisters. However, Avoid yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel bad for Nikki, who is just mm-hmm. like a fucking assistant. And it's like, yeah, I had a little band. but My sister was the real star. And it's like all she wanted, all Nikki wanted was like her own little moment in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. And, she's dude, she's too, working right? out. She sang, too. She did music, too. She likes to dance in the fitness studio. Like, poor Nikki. I'm sorry, Nikki. You you deserve better. You fucked up, but also you deserve better. It's both. It's honestly both for me, I think. Um, but yeah, but that's, sorry. That's <laughs> I, like, good, put off on a, it's little a tangent there. But.
0: but that's a complex character, right? Like, but it's they also, give it's, us. It,
1: yes, there's a the complex character. And it also does speak to, like, here are the things women can have. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. You can only have it if you're perfect in every way and your image has to be constructed in every way. And the ways in which you're not perfect, you'll be lambasted forever in the... They don't go into this as in-depth in the movie, but there are a lot of things in the movie that, like, talk about the sexism of Hollywood. Like, the shitty Oscar host only making fun of, like, the sound woman who wins an Oscar for doing sound and how hot she is. Like, he makes, like, ten jokes about, like, ho-ho, va-va-boom, she's the boom girl. Like, it was like, she just won, like, an artistic award, you piece of shit and then he's just like fucking actresses like, so there's all this stuff that's like yeah hollywood is unbelievably sexist and racist and here's this black woman attempting to make her way in it and she's very successful and she's very good at what she does also her family members are getting killed and also there's a man yeah. who comes in and jerks <laughs> off on her bed like her life actually sucks and it's t- hard and yes she has money and yes she has all this stuff but her life sucks and it's hard I I know, okay, it doesn't suck completely because she does have Mr. Stoic's white man samurai (laughs) (laughs) who
0: comes in. With his very sharp sword and knife-throwing skills. And we don't mean that as a sex thing, okay? It was a literal sword. (laughs) We don't know about the other stuff. It's not shown. (laughs) Like we said, it's a very tame movie. But uh, there's a literal samurai sword that cuts through a... What, what what was that like a t- not a tissue it was a how do you call it like a scarf it was scarf? like her
1: scarf yeah i i saw that and i was like that's probably like a 5 million dollar scarf it's just <laughs> like aha uh-huh, look at how sharp my sword is like oh all right
0: <laughs> well she was playing with it rather recklessly so it's true it's, it's true, true. It it's a very 90s Romantic scene I love that and let's, well, uh, let's get into that And that's that's yeah. the part that I'm kind of like Torn on Because I grew up kind of Thinking about this movie as this great Love story So to me mm-hmm. in, my, in my head It's like oh Farmer and Rachel They're like A beautiful couple with all this Crazy chemistry and that's amazing And then watching the movie I'm like are they I don't know, do they have the the romance is it's to me kind of weird because it's kind of like so farmer has these he's a super like straight laced, only drinks orange juice, very concerned like bodyguard who has these rules so as he you know so as to be able to perform his job right, then Rachel yeah. convinces him very easily to go on a date <laughs> it's like
1: yep. Very, very
0: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, go to the movies, which, I don't know, I feel like you're kind of vulnerable in the movies if you're being uh, chased by a crazy stalker. But what do I know? I have, I have not protected a single president uh, in my life, so I don't know. But then <laughs> it's like, then they go on this date and they had a grand old time and they hear this country version of I will always love you. Yep. And it's a very cute little, little scene, which is like talking about how it's like cowboy stuff and whatever, and remarks on the sadness of the lyrics, which is true, because they are very sad lyrics. They're a goodbye song, basically. Somebody always
1: being left, like the way she, somebody's always leaving you, (laughs) like the way she puts it is very cute. It's very cute. It's a
0: cute scene. And then they sleep together and the next day, Farmer's like, ah, yeah, I got too close. (laughs) Yep. Like, now you're doing this. So, and she gets pissed. And I think. Rightly you so.
1: <laughs> rightly, rightly, she gets pissed. She's like, I'm a big girl. I can take it. And he's just like, oh, I got you close. And it's like, buddy, listen. Just.
0: You nothing better is ever this- going to come into your life.
1: Ever. <laughs> in the history of the universe. Maybe just accept. Maybe just accept that she's great. I don't
0: know. Or, like, don't go on a date.
1: I know his whole fucking deal is that he wasn't there the day Reagan was shot because he was was burying his mother. (laughs) And it's like, okay, first of all, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine, buddy. It's fine. First
0: of all, it's Reagan. Fuck Reagan. exactly. First of all.
1: You know, it's fine, bro.
0: (laughs) First of all, yeah, fuck Ronald Reagan. But second of all, um... It's it's like, he had several steps that he could have taken to avoid the situation. And then after he sleeps with her, he's like, ah, better not. <laughs> and It's like, really? You could have handled this better, Frank. I'm just saying, I can understand why she feels a little used in this situation. And she starts acting out. Does she go a little overboard? Yes, she does. But then again, it's Rachel Maron and she can do whatever she wants. Because she's like very famous and pretty and talented, and I love the maideness of it all. Like you said, because it's like she plays a singer who's also an actress who's nominated for an Oscar, which is amazing. Because she is a singer, who's an actress. It's it's very
1: like okay. Was this written for her? Was it not written for her? I know it wasn't originally. I know the original concept was not. But it's very like, okay, the ways in which it plays into her life, the ways in which it plays into things about her, it's obviously like something people remember that for.
0: Right. From what I read, it was actually, it's it had been like sort of floating around for decades.
1: Since the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And originally it was thought as a movie for Diana Ross and Steve McQueen. In the
1: least so interesting to think of that,
0: yeah, and then it just like stayed there for a long time, and I believe I could be wrong, uh but I believe it was also like it took Kevin Costner sort of being invested in the project for it to to move along, and it's funny because I was doing research for uh to to just get to the bottom of this stuff, and uh, but most of the news I found were about a remake that oh, was announced weird. yeah they're gonna do okay. a remake i think it was actually announced just like a couple of months ago oh that wow they were, yeah that it was in the works so I'll, most of the news i had to sort through a lot of things because most of the news were about that but yeah i kind of like do do they have and, and 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 that's the dynamic of the movie right it's this push and pull Between the two, they had this like one, which we are assuming was a beautiful night because, again, it's pretty tame. Um, Yeah. But they sleep together and then it's kind of like it's a little adversario at first. They sleep together. It's still adversario, and a lot of sexual tension and yada, yada. And do they have chemistry, though? (sighs) This is hard.
1: This is hard. (laughs) So here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is why I need your help here. I need your help, Mm -hmm. Fernanda, on this one, because I'm too gay to fully understand this movie. (laughs) Like, listen, I'll be real. I, I, like, I'm basically pan. Like, every now and then, there's a guy. So it's not like I'm, like, Mm -hmm. too gay to understand anything. However, (laughs) this movie is, like incredibly heterosexual like aggressively (laughs) heterosexual therefore like i need some help i need some help here okay i so i have to like because i'm me and everything has to be like i have to be able to put myself in people's shoes i of course understand the appeal for him she's a goddess she's a goddess incarnate she's a magnificent woman she's talented she's smart she's funny as hell and even when she's being an absolute brat she's incredibly charming so easy easy sell And now, like, here I am trying, I'm trying to put, you know, another person's shoes on, another identity's shoes on. I can understand the appeal, at least on paper, of falling in love with a person who will take a bullet for you. Yeah. Like, he, he's not some fucking chump. He actually walks the walk in terms of protecting her. He actually really means it. He will do anything to actually protect her. And that's hot, right? Like, that's an attractive feature in a in a potential partner. They will go to the ends of the earth to protect you. They actually care. I know it's his job, and I know we can't divorce this from capitalism because we live, you know, we live in capitalism, and there's an employee-employer relationship, and that's hard, and that's a whole thing to deal with. But, like, outside of that, it is, like, an inherently attractive trait that this person is— that competent like a hyper competent yeah. person and also that like genuinely serious about protecting her so like i'm like okay you know kevin costner doesn't really do it for me but <laughs> but like i see how this is a real ass thing especially for a person who a lot of people in her life are very fake like real yes. fake like sai is yeah. fake as shit you know like obviously her sister is fake as shit because they pretend to love each other yet she you know got stoned, which is really funny. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of somebody getting stoned and that's that's what they do? Instead of, like, fucking listen to music and, like, look at some nice, you know, posters or something? Like, she got stoned and went and hired a hitman named Armando to go and kill her. So, like, come on. Stoned! I'm really sorry.
0: That is weird the dangers t- of marijuana, children.
1: <laughs> exactly! It's such a, you- like... Like it's <laughs> like an antitrust <laughs> statement. Like you got stoned, and that's what it made you do. Okay, movie.
0: <laughs> I love that the dude's name was Armando. Wait, he doesn't even Armando? know who hired him. That <laughs> like, is what? <laughs> yeah, do not smoke the devil's lettuce. Right, kids everywhere. Right,
1: kids. It'll make you go get a hitman after your sister. But it. So she. But at. she
0: says it was weed. That's what I was kind of. She
1: said stoned, stoned, and it's like. Yeah okay yeah, listen you should have said you were coked out of your fucking mind that at least would make some sense, some sense. Very drunk? But like like, or trashed yeah stone sorry this is a weird beef to have with the movie i'm trying to make an entirely different point i apologize it really threw me off it clearly threw me off real hard um
0: but, but the yeah, movie like, has a lot of those in fairness you. there's like, a lot of
1: weird little moments of like oh, is that what you meant movie okay <laughs> But you forgive it. (laughs) You do, because it's kind of charming. It's kind of a charming movie. I just want to say that. Like, I actually was very entertained, even though I knew what happens generally in the movie. Um, Yeah. I forgot some key things, like the fact that there were two bad men. And then also, uh, you know, a few plot points here and there. But I was really entertained. So, therefore it must be some kind of success. They must have some kind of chemistry. And again, I had to do a lot of math in my head as, as not hetero enough to fully understand it. But like, doing the math, it was like, listen, I get how she might be very attracted to the one genuine person in her life who actually really fucking cares about protecting her and keeping her safe. Like, that's that's cool. I
0: get that. I can understand this. Is that, isn't that that like a thing that happens, like... In real, I feel like I've heard this story before. Like the pop singer who, uh, I think, Britney had a thing with. Was it a bodyguard? I remember Sam was was a backup dancer. But the backup dancer, it's like probably common because backup dancers are like probably hot, and they're there, and you're hot too. (laughs) So it's kind of like, if I was a pop singer. Of international fame, you best believe I would be coming on to like all of my backup dancers respectfully because consent respectfully. is very important,
1: yes, of course, just
0: making my availability known, okay, Listen. and if I wasn't a married lady, of course husband right. who will right. who always listens to the show and <laughs> will shoot me a look when he hears this part but <laughs> i I love the concept of like. Hetero, uh, hetero enough for some things, but not for Kevin Costner. I do feel like there is yeah. a generational gap. I feel like, yeah. like we were saying, Kevin Costner has mom and grandmom appeal because my, yes. my husband was saying that his grandma was in love. His Mexican grandmother <laughs> was in love with Kevin Costner.
1: I love that that's kind of beautiful like i think that's pretty that's pretty fucking good you
0: know that's pretty fucking good. i do i do feel like there must be an appeal right like you said you're surrounded by people who always want something from you um uh, yes. and you you mentioned the slimy british guy which was gonna be actually my nickname for the show yeah oh, that, oh i'm sorry yeah and he's like no no i do i, I consider it because he's very much the guy who's like we don't like, eh, yeah, you might die, but let's not make her worry because if she worries too much about dying, she will not perform and therefore none of us make money. And that's right. a caricature and at the same time, incredibly realistic and believable. It's, it, that's <laughs> going
1: to be the most real thing in the whole
0: movie. Yeah, 10%. <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs> and so you have this person who, like you said, it's their, their sole job is to protect you. And there's a the scene yeah. after, you know, after they they do the do. And he mentioned, she says, oh, I've never felt safer. So I imagine they're probably like, there is a subconscious thing of like, oh, this man, like around around this man, like I feel safe. At the same time, he was hired to do a job. Yeah. And the relationship is very adversarial to the point where 32-year-old me is kind of like, you know what? Uh, This is... uh, I'd rather just, like, be at peace with someone <laughs> than constantly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> feuding 100%. and navigating sexual tension. Like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like I'm, uh, my 15-year-old self would probably have been more enchanted as a representative of the straits. Um, <laughs> yes. The
1: we same. do need one. We do need one. It's true.
0: <laughs> because we're 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 saying the us cis straight people uh there there are many of us going around you know Danielle it's very hard yeah very hard it's hard to, hard to, like to find just... one it's
1: really hard <laughs> like it's like I go outside sometimes I'm just like hello <laughs> is there a cis straight around hello. <laughs>
0: It's difficult. And you don't see yourself in anything, in TV, music, because it's like, uh, it's not like it's the dominant narrative of everything since forever. It's
1: it's so hard to find. It's so hard to find the representation, you
0: know? uh, But yeah, I feel like in 92, uh, to a certain demographic, that was probably very gripping. I can see why it was a very gripping narrative. Uh, For me today, it's like... I get it. And that's yeah. something with Kevin Costner. He doesn't do much for me either. He, to me, is like very, I don't know. He looks like, he has dead energy. He was 37 he just, when he did the movie. He wasn't, he was, he was young. <laughs> he was my age when he did this movie. Yeah. Like, you know? But to me, it's, uh, he has dad vibes. I don't know. It's just—it's
1: the outfit, it's the mannerisms, <laughs> like, it, I, and they even it's even in the text where you know she's like, "Oh, you don't look like a tough guy," or whatever the line is, and he's like, "Oh, this is my costume," you know, like he's—he's oh, yeah. he's very True.
0: like purposely that was hot. looking. That was a sexy, line yeah. That.
1: Like I get, th- I do get it. Like I, he has the samurai thing is a little fucking corny and perhaps <laughs> a little problematic from a racial <laughs> point of view as well. But like I oh, do <laughs> get the. I do get the, like, general, like, appeal of, like, you are a super fucking badass, but you have to pretend to be kind of a dork, right? Like, yeah. that's that's part of the appeal of, like, the show The Americans, right? Where these two fucking super spies have to pretend to be, like, a dorky mom and dad. And, like, it's them pretending. It's them putting on their costume to, like, yeah. look like a nerd, basically. Uh, which is kind of cool. Like, that part of it is actually cool. And he is, like, an actual badass. Like, the scene, I do want to talk about the scene with with, um... With Tony. Tony, also a character mm, yes. I
0: love in this Tony's movie. Tony's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's the other
1: bodyguard. He's uh like a beefier man. He just, he looks like a, he looks more like a bodyguard, like a stereotypical bodyguard. Yeah. He's a big man. He's really a big dude. Uh-huh. And Tony is like, oh, I like to take care of things like this. Like, Tony's such a, absolutely an Italian American. Again, I can say this as an Italian American. Like, Italian American guy who's like, he's been around. He knows the stuff. He knows what to do. And uh, a show goes bad. Even though it's the Queen of the Night, my favorite Winnie Houston song. Uh, And that outfit is amazing. Uh, But the show goes bad. Some, you know, some people get very inappropriate. They try to carry her off. She's crowd surfing and she doesn't want to be. And, you know, things go bad. And, of course, uh, Kevin Costner, sorry, Farmer, Frank Farmer, FF, Mr. F takes her away and there's this kind of moment and that's like very much on the cover like he he actually yeah. picks her up in his arms runs her away uses her as like a battering ram sort of <laughs> at one point to like get rid of
0: i mean if you have to make it's yourself crazy. useful in that situation yeah. like yeah. i wouldn't mind if i'm being carried away by my bodyguards
1: exactly like you yeah. can use my leg it's fine i got you um, takes her away, gets her safe, uh, and they're at home, and he's eating a peach. Of course, my name being, uh, again, a peach. We've got a lot of peach props in our movies lately, a whole lot. <laughs> he's eating a peach, and Tony comes in to kick his ass, because Tony's mad that he, things went bad, they broke bad. Tony had to walk home in the rain or whatever, and he's upset about it. And they wordlessly just, like, have a fight scene, and Farmer just kicks his ass in the most... You know, it's nothing for him. It's very nonchalant. He's eating the peach the whole time. Just, like, using the chair, using this, using that. Like, kicks his ass completely. And then he's just like, I don't want to talk about this again. And from there on, they're good. They're cool. (laughs) From then on, they are buds. Like, it's kind (laughs) of great. It's kind of a great, like, ridiculous, very toxic masculinity. But also, this. their, like, bro code has... Has now like come to fruition. Like yeah. they now work well together because of this ass kicking scene.
0: And it's like it, a great fight
1: scene too. Like it's actually is. fun and good action scene.
0: It's what I was saying. Like the movie has so many of these little moments that yeah. are just so good in themselves. And to me, that that scene is a very good example. Paul, our producer, just yep. mentioned that that's how the toxic straits squash things. And as a person <laughs> who specializes in writing about MMA, I can tell you yeah. that is indeed how it happens. That's uh, how things are dealt with. <laughs> a lot of the times, like, you just know that there is beef throughout the whole camp, and then they fight and hug it out because now they've earned each other's respect.
1: Yeah, it's and- it's pretty... It's like That's a great scene that has a terrible message, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would I would understand I think there's kind of like a primal uh in fights, in specific sanction fights, not this element yeah, of, of like we know of what we've been through together. Uh one uh thing I quickly wanted to touch on uh yeah. uh before we move on. It's last week we were talking about Wild Wild West and we mentioned mm-hmm. the the sort of how the aspect of race was approached. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that, you know, I thought it was interesting and sort of, you know, brave that they really, they didn't act color, quote unquote, colorblind. Right. Uh, yeah. They did yeah. A, The fact that, that Will Smith was a black character was acknowledged. And it was a really big part of the narrative. And here yeah. we have the opposite. Right. Because <laughs> it's, it's completely um, unacknowledged. Um, they are an interracial couple, but it's not, it's not debated. It's not, right. it doesn't come into the discussion. I And I read some things, um, Kevin Costner was very like adamant about downplaying all of it. Cause it was like, that's not relevant um, mm-hmm. to this narrative. Like she's this amazing star and that's what matters. And then uh, on the documentary, they have him speaking and then he, he kind of speaks a little to the importance, maybe, of this. And he was talking about how, in that final scene, when Whitney leaves the plane and rushes to meet him. Uh, she was like leaving the same plane that so many white protagonists did that she ran the stairs that so many white protagonists did and the camera swirling and they're like in that beautiful kiss and in the same place that so many uh, white protagonists had been with the likes of Cary Grant or or whatever in the past. And that, that was a big deal. And I kind of wanted your opinion on it because again, and we made this distinction (laughs) last episode. We'll make it again. Like we're, white people uh having opinions on this uh so so there's that. Um Yeah. But I don't know. I i actually thought it was interesting that yeah. this was not that this was just a love story with a lot of complicated factors in many ways. Uh but that was pretty much just it. I don't know. Kinda wanted yeah. your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um so I find it very interesting as well and and I really like that perspective of like she she's the star like and she's allowed to act like the star kind of thing mm-hmm. like it's not it's not um that's actually kind of nice. Like, I know I, I was talking about making the joke of representation matters, you know, for the straights, but it it does legitimately. <laughs> and like yeah. seeing like a, a you know, a, a famous black woman, like being able to act like a star in that way, like running down yeah. the private plane steps to kiss her lover kind of thing. Like, that's yeah. actually kind of cool, like to think of it that way. Um, it's also for me, it came up the most uh in the sort of family scenes with Mm. uh farmer's dad oh who's like like, uh they're in the middle of fucking nowhere everybody's wearing plaid looks like y'all gentlemen go hunting and things like that and (laughs) that's where it felt the most like oh like colorblind because you know um it's basically like two two black women and you know uh not Whitney sorry I didn't mean to call her Whitney but Rachel's son Fletcher and like they they get along real good. Like they're all having their little dinner and being cute and playing chess and things like that, where it feels like, oh, this is like a, a family moment here. This is like a cute little family moment. And it's kind of sweet and it's kind of nice. And there is that aspect of like, it's 1992. Look, America, like it's totally yeah. cool to have white and black family members. Like what? Yeah. Look at, you know, good job kind of thing. Like there is an aspect of it that does feel a little bit corny and a little bit like looked upon, like, look at this, you know, like, yeah. look at our, our cool family that has, you know, members of different races. But at yeah. the same time, again, this movie just kind of makes things work sometimes. Like yeah. maybe it is these little moments and maybe it is the performances and obviously, it, it didn't end up being the happiest family getaway because Armando <laughs> or whoever—not Armando, yeah. whatever. Port, we, it, it ends up being Portman, but you know the hitman comes and, and the poor little boy is like almost shot, like or blown up rather. Oh yeah, uh, almost
0: blown up in a boat, and like
1: that's horrifying. Um, although it does get allow us to see uh, a Farmer lose his goddamn mind, being so afraid that the boy. Will, like, get hurt on the boat at all? Just, like, in the normal boat, not knowing there was a bomb on the boat, that he jumps and, like, pulls the kid into the water, like, which is the thing supposedly he was trying to avoid? Is the kid going in the water? Not really clear how he thought that was a great idea. (laughs) However, it is, like, kind of a hilarious thing to think of. It's just that it leaves your mind pretty quickly because there's a bomb on the boat two seconds later. But it is like a, what the fuck are you doing, Frank? You're afraid of the kid drowning. You, you jumped in like. I thought. I thought he realized
0: like there was danger. I didn't realize <laughs> oh. that it was just because he was. But I had to He's rewatch. Just so this
1: concerned. Scene. He's just so concerned. It's like a legitimate, genuine love for this kid, and like yeah. they have a lot of actually very cute scenes together. Like Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher is awesome. Kid who, the kid who plays Fletcher is great. Like such a natural young actor. Like it. It really plays very nicely. Uh, it's like the stoic guy and like just a nice little kid who's just like, hey, do you like boats? And, you know, they do the whole kind of kind of intro and it's actually adorable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, sorry, again, being long winded here, but I think they I think they kind of make it work, at least for me, in terms of yeah. the, the that aspect of it being like instead of, you know, pointing it out necessarily. It's like, oh, it's it's totally cool that this is just this is just what a family can look like. It's cool you yeah. can have your little retreat in the mountains
0: like and <laughs> and it's a yeah. the
1: composition you know
0: <laughs> of the She gets is. to just exist as the super mega star it's kind of yeah. like it's 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 refreshing i think in a way and i don't know i my that's my limited perspective to speaking but um and I mean, same more limited be- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but before we uh move on to the final segment. I think you kind of touched on it and we both touched on it, but I think, and again, last week we were talking about Wild Wild West and we were discussing the ways in which sometimes the movie has good elements or works on paper and then something is missing. And we talked a lot about the concepts of sort of like life and soul Mm -hmm. in a movie, right. And how a little charm can go a long way. And I think this (laughs) is, and, and how that was really lacking. And in my opinion, I think that, the bodyguard is the opposite. Like, it has a bunch of weird flaws (laughs) that we can just... (laughs) Just some weird aspects of it and in the storyline and and things that you probably forget the minute you stop watching the movie because they were drowned in a bunch of other things. And it's kind of like... It's very quintessential 90s, I think, and it's got a little of everything. It's got mystery and action and obviously romance and family drama and all those things. Uh, You're never really bored watching it. It's constantly moving. I think the format and the editing sort of date the movie a lot and they make it cheesy. But I don't know. I kind of feel like it has that quality that we were talking yes. about, the sort of je ne sais quoi that makes, you know, the movie charming and that makes you want to sort of forgive uh, the flaws. And I kind of had the feeling that you're sort of on the same boat there.
1: Yeah, I completely, I'm, I'm, I'm riding that boat too, 100%. <laughs> like it really is like a very corny movie. And I think you need to kind of go in knowing it's a pretty corny 90s movie. But it, ha- it has a little spark. Whether or not Kevin Costner does it for you, it has a little spark of mm-hmm. life, I think. And, like, I think it, it, it is down to a lot of the performances. And, again, the script is actually not bad. Like, just kind of sitting there thinking about a lot of lines and thinking about how the pacing is. It's actually quite good. It's kind of like, this is a well-made movie. It, it is not, like, a crappy movie that, you know, has the parts and they don't, they're don't they not fitting or something like that. It, it actually moves pretty swiftly and remains entertaining uh, throughout. Even when it's a little too corny at times, (laughs) it still does feel like, all right, at least we're moving along. We're moving along here. All right, that's fine. Um, Yeah. And that core life of Whitney and her performance, really, really. I think with a less, with a lesser actress in the lead or a lesser, Mm -hmm. you know, performer. Personality. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. That way. With a less charismatic person in the lead, this could have been like a disaster, like a full on like, oh, boy, disaster, even with like a, a decent script. Yeah. It really needs that magnetism and charm to work. And she brought it for me, for my money. She absolutely brought it. So I think it is it it has the thing that poor Wild Wild West lacked <laughs> so So badly. <laughs> so bad.
0: I'm actually yeah. curious because I read like a couple of reviews. I didn't read a lot. And I read one that was kind of like talking about how Whitney wasn't able to sort of give the layers that maybe the character could have done with just because she was an inexperienced actress and stuff. But I I don't know. I'm curious because I couldn't kind of to feel the just the, those, the sentiment, right? Things that you can't necessarily find Googling it three decades later, but... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but and there's a
1: way there's a way I almost want to articulate it. And it's like this. There is an extended close up at towards the very end of the movie where she's mm-hmm. singing, you know, the title. It's not the title song, but, you know, uh, I, will I will always love, always you. love you. you know, the song yeah. everybody knows and knows the beginning of, ah, you know, and it just stays in a close up on her. And just watching that is compelling, at least for me, like just yeah. just this close up, just her magnetism, her personality. Her charm as she's singing, as she's like belting out this song, she's interesting to watch. She is yeah. charming to watch. She's interesting to see her perform. It's interesting to see her do these things. And so for me, if you can just stay on a close up for however long, I, I didn't count it or anything, but it was like a fairly long close up, you know, to just stay on one shot. If you can do that, you, you're going to be able to sell a movie. I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're right. So, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And it's just that quality, and I was yeah. very much drawn to her uh, the entire time. The camera obviously really loved her. Yes, and yeah. I love. I, I sometimes I feel like I I want to be like a baby bird fed by my mom bird, like she's already chewed up the food yep. and gives yep. it to me. That's kind of how I like my. That was a disgusting analogy, and I'm sorry. You no, know, it's that's- great. I love it. <laughs> You know how I feel about movies sometimes. Like I'm yeah. tired. Life is exhausting. I like to have this movie that's done all the digesting for me, yeah. and it's just feeding me the little pieces already broken up. I'm good. It's true.
1: It's true. And I and I genuinely do think this movie had at least some things to say about Hollywood and the way it mm-hmm. treats women. Like I think it it was it was doing some work. Maybe it wasn't doing like all the work, but it was. Yeah. You know, it was giving you lots of pieces and it maybe also was like, oh, but also understand sexism is bad. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> also, kids, uh, sexism is bad. Uh, so don't
1: be sexist. It sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, don't hire a hitman to kill your family members don't, as a general don't, rule.
1: Don't quote, get stoned uh, quote, and try to get your <laughs> hire, family members killed.
0: And hire Armando to kill your family members. Oh, no, uh, that is frowned upon. Uh, yeah. Illegal. Don't do that. Avoid it. <laughs> I like how we always end uh, our shows with like a very important lessons. lesson. You know, uh, <laughs> we have lessons. <laughs> so I guess that, that settles it for the uh, stripping it down Part of our show and now we move on To our final Segment yeah. The segment when we decide Whether this movie We just watched Masterpiece or not, not A masterpiece um, Where it belongs in our video store If it goes to our staff picks If it goes To our middle aisle which is fine The middle aisle is, is cool There's no shame <laughs> in being in the middle aisle But there is shame And being tossed at the dumpster. So now we decide the fate of the bodyguard in our final segment. Shelf. Okay, I think I kind of can. I I can kind of predict where we're going with this. Yeah, I think so too. We'll be in the same page. But we'll start. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you can go, Danielle. How do you... How Where would you put this movie?
1: I, I think this is an ultimate good middle aisle movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a solid, solid-ass movie. It is a solid pick. I would not be upset if somebody came home from the video store and was like, here's what I got for you. I'd be like, oh, the bodyguard. Yeah, I'll watch the bodyguard. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. I don't... I don't know that it's a, a staff pick for me. I think yeah. it, you know, I don't think it's quite there. I don't think it's quite there. I'm and with listen, you. we might, you know, we might shift things someday. Yeah. We might decide hey, you know what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe the core doesn't belong on the staff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe Lionheart. Uh, maybe
1: Lionheart gets, you know, conveniently slightly drop kicked down one day. But like, yeah, maybe. Bodyguard is respectable. Like, I don't want to say this is a mediocre movie. I don't think it's mediocre. I think it's like a, a good, respectable movie that that's, that's a good place for it. That middle shelf, that middle aisle.
0: I'm with you. I totally agree. I think it's the, actually like the quintessential yeah. <laughs> middle aisle movie. When I said it's like a... An airplane movie. I mean it in a, as a compliment because you're in an airplane, you don't have many entertainment options. You're probably anxious. I don't know. I get a little anxious. Oh me,
1: I am. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you, you're looking for something that is going to like entertain you, distract you, but will also like keep your attention enough. Uh, and 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 to me, the bodyguard is really that. It's kind of like comfort food. Yeah. In form of a movie to me. Yes. And yeah. that's, it- you know, and like you said, I feel like I've watched it several times now and as a kid and then most recently, I think I've seen it three times. And I would, wouldn't would mind watching it again. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's good. That's That's a specific quality that we must appreciate in a movie. It didn't blow me away, but I feel like there's something beautiful about... Movies that you turn to to get like sort of a sense of comfort. That to me is, is the bodyguard. Even though a bunch of bad shit happens, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> then they kiss at the end, and then nothing they else kiss. matters. And then you hear, yeah. "I will always love you," and it yeah. just it just gives you that warm fuzzy feeling in your heart, and that's beautiful. So I'm with so you. Love. I don't think I don't think it's a staff pick uh, for now, but I would. I would put it in a respectable, like a center position in our middle aisle so that people can just like go straight into it and see that beautiful poster, which by the way, I read someplace um, that it wasn't actually Whitney. It was her body double. Oh my Um, God, really? (laughs) Because she had left. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. (laughs) They don't show her face. So (laughs) no way of knowing uh, for sure. But that's kind of what I read uh, as I was doing my research for today. Um, So yeah. I guess where That was a very easy conclusion for us there. Yeah. A respectable... We knew. We knew. I think we knew coming into it. We try to keep an open mind, but those. I think that was... This in Wild Wild West were already... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're already pretty uh, pretty sad of what was going to happen. Oh. Uh, well.
1: Uh, I'm pleasantly I guess, surprised, honestly. I was actually a little worried this was going to really not be a good one for me. Like, <laughs> Again, having not seen it in like twenty years, I was yeah. like, Oh boy. It was my suggestion.
0: So I'm happy that you weren't angered by it. <laughs> no, you did a
1: great job. You did a really <laughs> good job. I'm
0: very but happy. Like it was a very good way for us to kick off this month. Yeah. Right? So I, I so guess too. that is it for this week. Thank you, my co host, for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. Thank you to our producer. Paul Tuesday morning brunch tomorrow for all the help in making the show not suck and actually be pretty cool because it is a pretty cool show. We hope you come back to our friendly neighborhood video store next week. We will be continuing our Happy Pop Holiday divas month with. I, actually, I, I'm saying Holly Divas, but is it Holly Diva or Holly Divas? We're not. I think it's either. <laughs> I think, I think it's it could be either. You know,
1: I, it's, <laughs> it's not a specific.
0: It's whatever you want, dear listener. Call it whatever you want. <laughs> Call it whatever your heart tells you to, because that's the spirit of pop right. Holly Divas Month. And we'll, we'll be continuing it next week with 1985's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome featuring none other than tina turner until then uh join our movie club come by fanbite.casa and join the you love to see channel for news updates discussion and special events we want to hear from you so come on by uh you can follow us on all social media at fanbyte media at fanbite on instagram uh we're at fanbyte on tiktok we're on fanbite.com. danielle where can our listeners find you specifically
1: Find me on Twitter
0: at Danielle R I. See? You can get in touch with us pretty much anywhere you want. We're <laughs> omnipresent. Uh, if you wanna dance with somebody. Okay, no, I'll stop. I promise. Yes! I was you. No, no, it's okay. I lied. That was the lesson. You <laughs> if you want to dance with somebody, dance with, with us. <laughs> uh, somebody who loves you. <laughs> I will see you. We will see you all. Next week, until then, you'll love to see it.